in Genesis yet? All right, if you haven't, it's the first book in your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, you will uh, be able to see it here on the screen in just a moment. The scripture says that Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and for his words. Now he had still another dream. And he related it to his brothers and said to them, Lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning. For the presence of the Holy Spirit, which we have been able to witness and enjoy. I pray now that the Holy Spirit is in this room, would fill each one of our hearts with a sensitivity to the voice of God. That as we hear the word of God preached this morning, that hope would rise up. That courage and faith would stimulate us to do those things which God has called us to do for his name's sake. I ask the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life to preach. And upon this congregation to hear the word preached, that we might do what God has called us to do in this generation as a church and as a body of Christ. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Man, you may be seated this morning. I want to talk about dreams this morning, and I don't want to talk about the dreams you have in the night necessarily, because sometimes those are just a result of overeating. All right, ever had one of those dreams? But I want to talk about those dreams that God deposits into our heart that are clues about what God wants to do in our life. And so I want to talk about dreams, and I want to talk to the dreamers this morning. Are there any dreamers in the house of God? Let me hear a good hearty amen. Amen. Good. Well, I hope you're a dreamer because your pastor's a dreamer. All right? I dream big. And... Uh, I believe there are some big things that God wants to do uh, yet in the life of this church. For more than 80 years, this church has been fulfilling God's dream to bring the gospel to Beeville. But we're just now getting started. And there is still so much that he wants to do in our corporate life as a church, but also in the life of every individual person in this room. One of my dreams is to have a dream center that this church will provide for our community where our uh, students can come and be tutored and be trained and not only in their education but also in their character where they can learn the word of God as well as uh, the, the values that make for success in their life. I, I believe we're going to have a home for unwed mothers where women in distress can come and receive hope and help in the very most uh, desperate hours of their need. I believe we're going to have a home for drug addicts to come and be free and to be delivered from the power of addiction. One of my other dreams is to uh, have a pastor's college, a church, uh, a, a, a college that will train up the next generation of pastors to lead uh, this region and to lead our nation back to God. Can you say amen to that? 
But you know, one of my personal dreams, this is just something personal, so I'm going to share it with you because I want you to know that I'm a big dreamer and I'm not afraid to share my dreams. But one of my personal dreams is to be able to give God a million-dollar offering. And so how many of you would like to be able to do that someday? So I'm, I'm walking in that direction, all right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little while yet. I think I'll just have to go one step at a time. But someday God's going to give me the privilege, if it's the last thing I do, to give him a million-dollar offering. All right? And I just want to do that because he has done so much for me in my life that I want to I return to him uh, so much of what he has done in my life. So if you dare to dream on that level, say amen. Amen. All right. So I want to talk about dreams, and I want to talk about dreamers because our dreams are really God's idea invested in our life. When, when you have a dream about what God can do in your life, you really haven't invented or, or concocted something of your own, but it is God's idea that he has put inside of you about what he wants you to do. In fact, it is a divine assignment that has been downloaded by the Spirit of God into the Spirit of man. How many of you have a divine assignment? Our dreams are like snapshots. They're like pictures that tell us where it is that God wants us to go. But the fact is that dreams are not inevitable. There are many dead dreams in the, in the cemetery today. Many people who never accomplished their divine assignment never became all that God called them to become because dreams are not inevitable. They require us to walk in the pursuit of God's plan and God's purpose for our life. Every person in this room is responsible for thinking, planning, and walking in the direction of your dream. The Bible said that in the last days the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon the earth and that the, uh, the uh, young men would see visions and that old men would dream dreams. And so I want to talk to you today not just about the, uh, the things that you and I may hope or imagine but those assignments that have come from God. God's Spirit poured out on your life to tell you that there is a purpose that He wants you to fulfill in this world. I shared with you my dreams, and my dreams are things that are going to require a lot of commitment, a lot of work. They're going to require a lot of persistence. Maybe your dream this morning is to have a debt-free house and a debt-free car. How many of you would like that? Maybe your dream this morning is a college education and maybe no one in your family has ever gone to college but you dream of having a college education and a successful career. Maybe your dream this morning is to have peace in your home and to see your children rise up and bless you and see your children rise up and honor God. Anybody have that dream in the house of God? You know, all of us have a divine dream, a purpose, a vision that God wants for your life. And not everybody will always understand your dream. Not everyone will always get behind your dream. But you and I have to walk in the direction of that dream. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a dreamer. In fact, when his brothers saw him coming, this is what they said. They said, here comes the dreamer. They were really mocking him because Joseph was a 17-year-old boy, a young man who had received a vision, a dream about what God was going to do in his life. And what he saw was that he was going to reign over his brothers. He saw himself reigning over the house of Jacob, over the house of Israel. 
And this infuriated his brothers. But I want you just to think about the fact that it was a, a prophecy. It was a prophetic dream that had been given to Joseph. God was revealing to Joseph a couple of things. First of all, God was revealing to him that he was going to rise to a position of authority. When you read the story of the life of Joseph, you will find that at the, at the latter part of his story, he is the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. He would be the man that God would use to bring about a, a deliverance and a salvation for the nation of Israel when it was in its infancy. But he was also the man who grew the Egyptian economy to the point that it was at the time of the book of Exodus. Joseph's work in Egypt was uh, resulted in the booming economy of Pharaoh because of a Hebrew boy who obeyed and believed God. And so Joseph saw him there, but where we see him today is he's 17 years old and he's nowhere near the place of his dreams. Not only was his dream about himself, but it was also a dream about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what Joseph was seeing was not just himself and his brothers bowing down to him, but he was seeing a picture of a day that is yet to come. When the Bible said that our Lord Jesus Christ, who is sitting enthroned in majesty and power, will have all the nations of the earth bowing down to him. And the Bible said that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody celebrate that this morning. You don't have to, you don't have to like it. You don't have to serve him. You don't have to do any of those things, friend, but you will bow someday to Jesus Christ. You're going to bow today or you'll bow tomorrow, but someday you're going to bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Joseph, at 17 years old, he saw that messianic fulfillment of a prophecy that is yet to come. And he was a dreamer. The Bible said that when his brothers saw him, they, they began to hatch a plot against him. And they said, there comes that dreamer. Let us see what will become of his dream. And so I want to talk to you this morning about your dream. I believe the Lord has been uh, putting this on my heart about you, about your heart. That there is a dream, a purpose in your life that he wants to bring about, that he wants to fulfill. And there are some things that you're going to need in order to see your dream come to pass. The first thing that Joseph needed in order for his dream to come to pass was he needed the favor of God. The Bible tells us that Joseph walked under the favor of God. And it was God's favor on his life that led him to the place where he could see God's will and God's vision for his life fulfilled. Every single person in here, if you want to do something great for God, you're going to need the favor of God. What is the favor of God? The favor of God is, is preference that God gives to his beloved. It is preference that God gives to his children. It is an act of goodwill that God does towards us when we are unaware of it or even undeserving of it. I'm going to ask you if you could give me a little more monitor up here, please. The favor of God opens doors where you and I can't find a door. The favor of God produces finances where there are none. The favor of God gives you access to people that are going to help you get where you need to go. And you can't get where you need to go unless they, you have access to those people. But the favor of God will put you in the right place at the right time. 
I have experienced the favor of God in my own life. And I know that we cannot do the things that God called us to do as a church without his favor, without his hand upon us. Really, the word favor is in the Bible in another way. It's the word grace. The Bible tells us about the grace of God. We sang this morning about the amazing grace of God. But you know, grace is really God's unmerited favor toward man. Grace is when God gives you and me something that we did not deserve. And the grace of God and the favor of God in your life is an advantage. You know, many a few years ago, not many years ago, but a few years ago, we were planning on remodeling this sanctuary. Some of you remember that. Let's see this morning if you can remember those blue pews. And, uh, you know, those pews were so special that if you sat on one end, the other end would pop up. This was, uh, it was like a little seesaw in some, in some parts of the church. So we were going to remodel the sanctuary. It was going to cost, we thought, about $30,000, end up costing about $50,000. But we raised the money in four offerings. And it was just a, a season in which God was breathing and moving through this church in an incredible way. It really is a season that brought us to where we are today. And it was during that season that we were remodeling the church and, and the Lord provided the funds miraculously in this in a special way. No rich person walked in and brought us the money. It was the people in the house of God who gave to God, who invested in the kingdom of God. And so it was the rich people in the house that made it happen. And as we were doing that, the enemy shows up. You know the devil always comes uh, to, de to try to deny you the favor of God. And he started accusing me, and this was his line of attack. He said, who do you think you are? You just got to this church, and look at what you're doing. And, and uh, there's some churches who can't even pay their light bill, and here you are remodeling. And you know, we remodeled the sanctuary in six weeks. It was just a thing that happened. God was moving. But the enemy was attacking me, so I came one night, Saturday night, right here to the altar, and I knelt down right in that spot, and I said, Lord, the enemy is attacking me. He's accusing me. He has no reason to do so. I haven't done anything wrong. I can't help it if other churches can't pay their light bill. I'm just enjoying what you have done in us. And I said those things to God, and I left it at that, and I sat down right here on that altar, and I started to sing to the Lord. And as I was singing, the Lord spoke to me. And, well, the first thing he said to me, he said, Isaac, Whoever wants your spring must first endure your winter. And you know, that let me know that for a long time this church had gone through a winter. And even in my own life, my personal life and my family, we had gone through a winter. But now it was springtime. God had favored us. God had caused those seeds which we have sown to begin to flourish. Can I just tell you today... That anybody that wants your spring has to endure what you went through in the winter of your life. So, you know, don't ever be jealous of somebody's spring because you don't know what their winter cost them. You don't know what the valleys were they had to drive through and get through. And then the Lord said, Isaac, don't, uh, if anybody wants your spring, they're going to have to endure your winter. And then he said, Isaac, when I give you favor... Don't be ashamed of it. You wear it. And I want to tell you this morning that you and I have received the favor of God. So don't be ashamed of it. Wear it. Wear it like a garment. It is yours. God has decided to bless you. Come on, somebody. I said God has decided to bless you. I think I need you to say that with me. God has decided to bless me. You can't say that without smiling, can you? Hey, 
say? I said, God has decided to bless me. The favor of God is on you. It gives you an advantage. It moves you to the front of the line. Several weeks ago, I was, and several months ago, I was in a conference of pastors, 800 pastors, and I'm not going to mention the name of the, of the pastor, but all of you would know who he was, very well known in our country, and I was one among 800. Nobody there knew me. I didn't know anybody there. I just went there to sit under the teaching of the Word of God, and one day, the second day of the conference, I'm sitting there, and I received a, an envelope, and when I received the envelope, I opened it, and it said, you are invited to a private lunch with so-and-so. And it was the man who I just mentioned, who all of you would know. And I, I just, I just kind of wondered at this, and I, I w- went to lunch with one of the most influential Christian leaders in America because God pointed me out and said, I want you to have lunch with him. And I want you to know that God can do that. When he wants you to be in the right place at the right time, you don't have to look for it. You don't have to sit there and say, notice me, notice me, I'm over here, I'm over here. God knows where you are. And when he decides to bless you, he'll bring you out of obscurity and sit you among kings. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about God, his favor on your life. Your dream will require the favor of God. Now, there's something else your dream is going to require, and that is that your dream is going to require a dream team. You're going to need people in your life who can help you accomplish the dream that God has for your life. If you're married, that marriage is your dream team. Come on, say amen, somebody. I said that marriage is your dream team. All right? If you have a family, that is the beginning of your dream team. But you know right here in this church, we're a dream team. Every time we come into this house on Sunday morning, we're saying we believe that God can do extraordinary things in every single one of our lives. Joseph had a father in his life whose name was Jacob, and Jacob was his dream team. Jacob believed that God would do some extraordinary things in the life of Joseph, and he favored him. He showed him preference. He showed him that that there was something special on his life. I want you to know this. There is something special on your life because you are a child of the living God. God has called you his son. God has called you his daughter. You are a part of his family. And when you and I want to accomplish the things God has for us to accomplish, we're going to have to need, we're going to need some people in our life to help us do that. Let me just encourage you, don't get the wrong people on your dream team, all right? Don't get the people who say can't all the time. The people who say, I don't know about that. Don't get those folks on your dream team. You need some people with some faith, some people that know what God can do, some people that know how to pray, some people that know how to get hold of heaven. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about some people that say, hey, you know what? God did it for me. He can do it for you. God did it in that day. He can do it in our day. Get those people on your dream team. Here at the church, we have a team that operates, that makes the work of this church possible. We have the pastoral staff, myself, the associate pastor, the elders, the student minister. We have our deacons. 
We have our worship team that arrives at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning to prepare to usher you into the presence of God. We have Kidsway and our nursery staff that arrive early and stay late in order to provide the gospel for your children. We have the van drivers who go around town picking up folks to bring them to the house of God. We have our Christian education team that teaches our children on Wednesday nights the truth of the word of God. We have our ushers and our greeters that help you feel welcome and find a place to sit in God's house. We have our media team that provides for you the lyrics for our songs and the text of our sermons. We have our men's and women's and youth leadership teams. We have our small group leaders who prepare themselves week after week to teach in their homes and others who host you in their homes for Bible study and the study of God's Word. We have our grounds ministry that keeps the grass mowed so that you and I can come to the house of God that doesn't look like a jungle on Sunday morning. We have the mobile food pantry, those who show up early on, on a Saturday night every month to feed the, the community. This team is what makes it possible for Kingsway to do what it does. And if you're not on the team, I want you to get on the team this morning. I want you to be a part of what God is doing through the life of this church. You need a dream team. And if, you are, uh, if you're not a member of a church this morning, this morning I'm going to give you an opportunity to become a member of Kingsway Church. Because we want you on the team. We want you to be a part of what God is doing in the life of this church. Say amen, somebody. Now there's something else you're going to need if you're going to have your dream come true. And that is that you're going to need roots. Say this, dreamers need roots. You know that if you're going to have a divine assignment, a purpose from God, a mission from God is going to require you to have some roots. Because, you know, as soon as you start moving in the direction of your dream, in the direction of God's call on your life, all hell will break loose. There will be tests and trials along the way. Joseph dreamed of going up, but as soon as he started moving in that direction, his life went down. Joseph ended up in a terrible situation. He went first to the pit, and in the pit he was sold by his brothers as a slave. Then he went to the house of Potiphar, and in the house of Potiphar he was a servant to a very influential man. But then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And then he ended up in the prison. And now he was in the prison. He was forgotten by all. And there, Joseph, it would seem as though his dream had died. It would seem as though what God had spoken and planned and purposed for his life was coming to an end. And so you will find that when you start walking in the direction of God's will for your life, when you start walking in that direction of God's blessing, for your family, that there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be contrary winds that come against you. And you are going to need some roots. You are going to need a root system that reaches deep down into the core of the Word of God. Because the dream killers will rise up to destroy your dream. You will face demonic opposition. You will, fade the, you will face the jealousy and pride of others. Some of you will face the dream killer of circumstances. You know, there's been some of you or maybe some folks that we know who have decided to follow God. They've made a commitment of their life to Jesus. And the dream of serving God was born in their heart. 
But then they started to walk out into the world and they found opposition. They found that circumstances rose up against them. And those circumstances tried to steal their joy and to kill their dream. And many people are not in the house of God this morning because their circumstances talked them out of the promises of God over their life. Friend, if you're going to be a dreamer, you're going to need roots. You're going to need a root system for your life that keeps you grounded when things are changing, when things are moving. Because from time to time, there will be hurricanes like Harvey that blow through your life. And in the midst of those moments, that's when you find out what kind of roots you really have. You know, the root system of a tree isn't tested when the sun is shining and when the, when the air is calm and, and breezy. The root system of a tree is tested when the winds are howling against you, when, when it seems like all hell is breaking loose and your life is being bent over backwards. It's in those moments of severe crisis and testing. Sometimes it's a year where you have one thing after another after another, and it just seems like things pile on to your life. And you say, God, how much more can I take? David went nearly 15 years waiting for this storm to end. And finally the storm ended. And when it was over, he realized that he had some roots in the ground. He had some strength that had come from God. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, Blessed is the man whose confidence is not in man, but whose confidence is in God. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water, whose, whose roots go into the stream. Are your roots in the stream today? Are your roots drinking from the water of life? Are you drinking that spiritual water? Are you eating that spiritual food, friend? Because there is going to come opposition to your dream. And you're going to have to decide that you're not going to give up. That you're not going to quit. That you're not going to throw in the towel. But that you're going to believe God. That you're going to press on. If your marriage is going to be a dream marriage, you're going to have to have roots. If your children are going to rise up and be blessed, they're going to have to have roots. If you're going to be a, a person who can bring the gospel uh, and the light of the gospel to our community, you're going to have to have roots because people are watching you. You know, there's people watching you right now saying, let's see how long this Christianity thing lasts. Let's see how long this church thing lasts. Let's see if they can endure Let's see if they can hang in there. Let's see if they can wait. Can I tell you, friend, that when your roots are in the stream, you can go a long time because God is the one sustaining and strengthening your life. Some people are like the tumbleweed. The tumbleweed has a very small root system. And the first blast of wind that comes moves that tumbleweed all around the desert. You know what I call those? I call those church hoppers. They just blow in and out trying to find some place where they can get where they can get some roots but friend they haven't found a place to be planted that's why you need a local church that's why you need to say you know what god if you're calling me to this church i'm going to be a part of this house because i want my roots to grow i want to be strong and i want to be fruitful and i want to live a life that pleases god and a life that shows that god is meaningful and significant in my life a life where god is my priority when you're drinking from that stream, you find that as you drink from the stream, your, your life is, is strengthened. You begin to bear fruit in every season. 
Because that's what the Bible says, that a man who has roots will bear fruit in every season. You know, there are trees that only bear fruit once a year. But God says that his trees, you and I, will bear fruit in every season of life. We will bear fruit in every season of the year because we're drinking from the stream of the Spirit of God. You're going to need a root system because there will be a challenge against your dream. You know, Joseph never gave up. The Bible never records a single sin against Joseph. Did he have the opportunity to quit? Yes. Did he have the opportunity to throw in the towel? Yes. You know what the Bible says we read this morning? Joseph dreamed another dream. I've come this morning with a simple message for you. Have you experienced failure? Have you experienced defeat? Have you experienced the death of your dream? Have you experienced the death of something that you longed for and loved? Can I tell you this morning to rise up and dream another dream? Get up and go at it again in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. It is the grace of God that gives you the power to dream another dream. You say, Pastor, I can't dream again. I've lost too much time. My, my, my best days are behind me. I don't have what it takes. Friend, you are a child of the Most High God. You can get up and you can go again because God is on your side. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? There was a man who suffered 14 devastating life losses, political losses, losses of his family, even the loss of his son. But then after 14 devastating losses, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States. And God used him to bring an end to slavery in America. Why? Because every time he lost, he got up again. Every time he was licked, he wasn't licked, he got up again. Can I tell you, get up, get up, get up, get up. If you're down, get up and go and do what God has called you to do. Another man that I'm particularly fond of, he had a, a small uh, motel and restaurant. And he was very prosperous until the interstate system came and built around his town. It took all of his clients away. All of the people were now going around the town. And so he decided he was in his 60s. He decided that rather than give up and quit, that he was going to try something else. And Colonel Sanders invented KFC. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And, and he made a blessing in my life. You know that? Because when he had a chance to quit, he said, I can't quit. I've got to keep going. That is the, the spirit that God wants you to have. A kind of spirit that says, Lord, I'm down, but I'm not out. I still have life in me. I still have praise in me. I still have joy in me. I can dream another dream when you're faced with breakthrough or heartbreak pardon when you're braced with heartbreaking failure failed marriage a failed career a failed business venture dream another dream when you have endured painful setbacks you must dream another dream when you have tasted bitter losses lost love lost time lost money lost hope in the name of Jesus I charge you dream another dream you say I can't preacher I'm too old too tired too young too disappointed too frustrated too broke no you're not you are a child of the most high God 
I said, you're a child of the Most High God. You are the head and not the tail. You go above only and not beneath. You are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You are blessed going out and blessed coming in. God has decided to bless you. Get up and dream another dream. Go again. The prophet Micah said it like this. He said, but as for me, I will watch expectingly for the Lord. And I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, O my enemies. Though I fall, I will get back up. Did you hear that? Though I fall, I will get back up. I come against every power of darkness this morning that would tell you you can't. And I tell you in the name of Jesus, get back up. You can in Jesus' name. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Can you say amen in the house of God this morning? What is this? What is this but the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is the gospel except God telling man, God telling sinners, you can dream again. For you see, the sinner has no hope outside of God. The sinner is lost, hopeless, bound for an eternal hell without God. But God sent us the gospel of his dear son. He sent his son to die on the cross for sinners. And so today when we come and we sing about the cross, and we, re- we celebrate the Lord's table, we are reminded that there is a God who gives second chances to the failures of our sin. That there is a God who raises up the broken and makes them whole again. That there is a God that can cleanse your past and make you new. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What has Jesus come to do? He's come to tell you, you can get up. You can make it. You don't have to die in your sin. You don't have to die hopeless and lost. There is hope in Jesus. I said there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. And if you will call upon him, he will answer you. He'll take God's purpose over your life. And he'll make it a possibility. And he'll take what God has promised. And he'll make it a reality in your life. Joseph dreamed another dream. Maybe today you're looking at the shattered pieces of broken dreams. Maybe you're looking at a life that has gone through your hands like sand through your fingers. And you're saying, God, I've missed it. I once had a spiritual highlight, but now I'm low. I once walked near you, but now I feel so far. You say, God, there was a day when my finances were on top, but now I feel like I can't make ends meet. You say, God, there was a day when I felt like anything was possible, but today I feel like everything is impossible. I'm here today to tell you that if you will call upon the Lord, he'll fill your heart with hope and faith, and he'll give you another dream. Did your last marriage fail? Dream another dream. Get up again. Don't look at your circumstances to determine your future. Look to God. He is the answer for your life. I said, he is the answer for your life. Did your last career fail? Get up again. Get up again. Go and fight the good fight of faith. Because God is fighting with you. Dream another dream. 
Say, yes, Lord. I want to dream your dream for my life. I want to fulfill your purpose for my life. When it's all said and done, will your life, will your life count? Will your life count for someone, for something? I say yes, because you're a child of God. And nothing shall be impossible to those who believe. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I want to invite you this morning to the altar. I want to make a general invitation because I want to pray a prayer of impartation over the body of Christ this morning. So in just a few moments, I'm going to invite all of you to the altar. But I want to make a special invitation to you, friend, that would say, Pastor Isaac, I don't have a relationship with God. God isn't on my dream team. I don't have the forgiveness of my sins. I've been walking far from God. I'm losing hope. Friend, there is an answer today in Jesus Christ. And if you would say, Pastor Isaac, I want to invite God in my life. I want Jesus to come into my heart. If you would say that this morning, you can have that very thing this morning. The Bible said that if you would confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, that you can be saved. New life, eternal life is just that easy to acquire. Simply believing that Jesus died for your sins. Accepting him as your savior. So this morning, if that's you, if you say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. Would you raise your hand right where you are so I can see you? I see you there. I see you back there. There you are. Anyone else? I see you there. I see you there, sir. See you there, ma'am. See you there back, back there, sir. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. This is a new beginning for you. I'm going to ask the elders to come quickly, please. Elders, would you come? And if you raise your hand this morning, I want you to come first into this altar. If you raise your hand just now, I want to pray with you. Come on up. These elders are going to pray with you this morning. And we're going to believe God on your behalf. Yeah, just come right up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible said today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Olvera, Brother Olvera. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else that wants to come? Anybody else that needs to come? You say, Pastor Isaac, I want Jesus in my life. I need God to change me. I can't change myself. I want the freedom that he promises those who believe. If that's you, would you come? I want to give you a moment or two more to say yes to Christ. Today is a day of salvation. Yes, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now is the acceptable time. Today is a day of decision. Say yes to Christ. Now I want to invite the church to come behind them because I know that there are some things in your life where you say, Pastor, I need the favor of God. 
I need God to open some doors in my life. Would you just come, everyone in this house? Let's fill this altar with faith and expectation. It says, God, help me to dream another dream. Help me to do what you have called me to do. I want to be faithful to you. Hallelujah. God says to you, dream another dream. It's not over. There's always hope. Because God is on the throne, there's hope for you today. There's life for you today.